0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is the Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 26th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. President Trump and the Republican Party placed the powers of the federal government in service to Trump's re-election on Tuesday night, staging pardoning and naturalization ceremonies as part of the GOP's official nominating convention and using the White House Rose Garden for a speech by the First Lady. First Lady Melania Trump's speech was part of a patchwork of themes that also included messages opposing abortion, attacking Democratic nominee Joe Biden as a dangerous radical, highlighting Trump's ties to evangelical Christians and praising administration efforts to combat the opioid crisis. One of the persistent themes, though, was a mingling, a mingling of government with the Trump campaign, including addresses from two of his adult children taped at a government building and an unusual political endorsement from Secretary of State Mike Pompeo delivered during an official overseas trip. The format bucked traditional norms of diplomacy, and launched a House investigation into whether Pompeo has violated the Hatch Act, a federal law that separates government functions from political ones, and a line that Trump and many of his aides have appeared to delight in blurring. Pompeo's address, delivered with the night skyline of Jerusalem behind him, celebrated Trump's relocation of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to what Pompeo called this City of God, In addition to other well-known speakers like Rand Paul, the Republican senator from Kentucky, Tuesday night's program was aimed in part at highlighting everyday Americans who support Trump. Those included an eighth-generation resident of Swan's Island, Maine, who talked about Trump's assistance to the lobster industry, a Minnesota dairy farmer who praised Trump's trade wars, and a former Planned Parenthood employee from Texas who now opposes abortion. In addition, Trump's son Eric and younger daughter Tiffany were part of a dynastic showcase that will present all of the president's adult children this week. One scheduled convention speaker, Mary Ann Mendoza, a mother whose son was killed in 2014 by a drunk driver living in the United States illegally, was pulled at the last minute from the lineup after she urged her Twitter followers earlier in the day to read through a convoluted, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory thread about what she said was a Jewish plot to control the world. The president made an unadvertised appearance less than 15 minutes into the broadcast, where he signed a pardon for John Pounder, a convicted criminal who turned his life around with the help of a former FBI agent. The two men appeared alongside Trump at the White House as he signed the pardon. The segment highlighted this president's record of issuing pardons to people with whom he has forged a direct connection. Trump has almost entirely bypassed the traditional pardon system in which convicted people appeal to the Justice Department. He's also pardoned the politically well-connected. Trump made a second unadvertised appearance later in the program to preside over a naturalization ceremony for five immigrants, which also featured acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf. It's the first time someone leading the Department of Homeland Security has appeared at a political convention. Speaking at the White House, Trump praised the three women and two men from all corners of the globe for their perseverance. Hail to the chief played when he came into the room and there were uniformed Marines. Many immigrants found the display galling because Trump has cracked down not just on illegal, but also legal immigration over the past three and a half years. And right now, more than 110,000 people who have been approved for U.S. citizenship have not been able to have their naturalization ceremonies because they've been canceled since March due to the coronavirus, and the government has declined to allow virtual swearing-ins. That means that almost all of those 110,000 people will not be able to vote in this November election because they need to have the ceremony before they're eligible to register. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning, wherever you get your podcasts.